Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Title Town. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? <laughs> We're very excited to be back with you. And we have some great Boston sports takes to share with y'all. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Celtics. Yeah, we're all fired up. Yeah, you know, sort of their mediocre beginning to the season. Yeah. We're going to talk the- a little bit about the Patriots because they're obviously the hot team in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll touch on a couple of Yeah, things. we'll touch on some other stuff. I'm all fucking spicy with the Celtics, though. I can't wait to hear all about it. So if it. you're a big basketball fan if and you, for some reason, listen to this podcast, you're in for a real treat. <laughs> Just stop now because you won't up. like anything we have to say. Buckle up. Uh, cool. Well, uh, you can interact with us on all social media at Titletown Pod, and you can also call and leave us a voicemail at 904-87-TT-POD. Yeah, and if you're a big, huge freaking fan, you can leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. That matters yeah. quite a bit. Nice. So we'll see you on the internet. Enjoy the show. Hi, Craig. How are you? Hey, Melissa. I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Long time no talk. I was going to say, it's been a while. Yeah. A, we took a bye week. Patriots took a bye week. You know. And then we took another bye week. Uh, it's fine. It happened. No, it's only been two. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. We took a bye and then we took another bye. Double bye. Oh, yeah. Well, we took the bye with the Patriots bye, of course. Yeah. And then an extra bite. Yeah. Well, we had extra rest to do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, We're not as well conditioned as them. No, that's that's <laughs> absolutely accurate. Uh, good Thanksgiving there, Bernsey. Yeah, wonderful. Nice and quiet. Got ready for the Black Friday madness the day after. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, I, I was I able to successfully right <laughs> avoid the Black Friday madness. Uh, so that was cool. Thanksgiving was good. Nice. Uh, did a little bit of traveling, but didn't get too screwed. So that's cool. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, Traveled great. some off hours, did you? Sure did. Oh. Sure did. Um, but anyways, welcome to the Town Sports Podcast, yes. everybody. Episode 57. Interesting. Yeah. I ain't got no take on that, but <laughs> I'm just, I just wanted to throw that in there. Just for everyone keeping track at home. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get a little caught up on what's been going on. You want to fucking kick us off there? Sure, I'll start. Uh, the Patriots came off their holiday bye week, as we just talked about. They had a win against the Jets on Sunday on the road. Down in New Jersey. Uh, the Patriots now improved to eight and three on the season. Three and three on the road. Not great. No. And they were able to bounce back after their brutal loss to Tennessee two weeks ago. Uh, Tom Brady broke yet another NFL record as he's now the all-time passing yards leader for both NFL regular season and playoff combined. There's a stat you don't hear every day. Uh, this Sunday, they're going to go take on Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings at Gillette. Should be a pretty good game. Yeah, it should be. One of the last real competitive games on their schedule for the season. For Yeah, this and the Steelers game is basically it. Yeah. And then you're just like sloshing through the AFC East yeah. swag. It was funny. We talked the last time we recorded about like, oh, what game do we think they might yeah. lose? Well, turns out it was turns out Tennessee, Tennessee, which we did talk about a little bit. We yeah. gave them a sniff. but Right. A little trap um, game I mean, there. I, I still think that they could win out from here, but we'll see. Yeah, I they could. We'll see. Having Gronk back was nice that this was week. That, that certainly helps getting him involved. And we are in this territory where Tom Brady breaks some obscure statistic <laughs> yeah, every time every, he fucking sneezes. Right. Something weird will happen now. He'll uh, have used the most towels in the NFL Yeah, ever. something like that. <laughs> uh, most amount of jersey designs worn. <laughs> uh, anyways, Bruins are playing as well. Uh, they've had a little bit of a tough go of it over the last couple of weeks. Let's just real quick. This was a weird story that we missed on our double buy. Uh, going all the way back to November 8th, uh, the Whoa. Bruins got smoked by the Vancouver Canucks on the road, and they yeah. lost that game 8-5. That's to why five. we had to take the week off. I was in mourning. 8-5, to five, they lost that game. Actually, I have a... Wait, I, 
put a pin in that for one second okay. so I have a thought on that. Uh, <laughs> got blown up by the Canucks 8-5. After this game, uh, the Bruins starting goalie, Tuka Rask, you may know him, went on a personal leave of absence and was away from the team for five days. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Personal leave of absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruins are three and two since his return. Uh, I think that was on like the 14th or something like that. And his play personally has improved drastically, but it's still not clear what the nature of his absence was, but he's been doing okay. The Bruins have been doing fine. He's been doing better, certainly better than he was before. Yeah. Uh, here's some other Bruins news in that same time frame from the eighth to now, uh, the Bruins have lost Zidane Chara, Patrice Bergeron, Brandon yeah. Carlo, and most recently today, Kevin Miller to injury. And they've been, of course, without Charlie McAvoy since the middle of October. And for those keeping track, that's four of their starting six defensemen and their best defensive forward. My advice to Bruins fans, buckle up and bet the over. <laughs> it's going to be a little fucking rough, yeah. especially on defense. Thank God that Tukarask dealt with whatever the fuck he had to deal with, apparently. Yeah, very bizarre. What did you want to put a pin in? Oh, I just want... it. Ever since we stopped, we took a double buy, and w- it, as soon as we stopped putting out episodes, Boston Sports just went to shit. I know. <laughs> Pats lost to the Titans. Celtics can't get their heads out of their asses. Everybody gets hurt on the Bruins. Like we, like I, Apparently, we're keeping the city together. <laughs> like It just went right to hell. Well, you're welcome, people. This is a real <laughs> public service here. We're glad to be back. We'll see how things turn around now. You're welcome. Uh, speaking of the Celtics not being able to get their head out of their ass, they are a game above 500. Way to go, boys. Yeah, the quarter part of the season. The preseason darlings of the Eastern Conference are now 11 and 10. Are in, it feels like they played so many more games than that. Uh, and are in sixth place in the East. Not ideal. The early season frustration has lingered longer than anyone thought. And after some devastating home losses to the likes of the Knicks and the brutal. Jazz. Wicked brutal. Yeah. All the green team nation is hoping is that Monday's road win versus the Pelicans was a turning point. In that game, Kyrie... Uh, Jason Tatum and Al Horford all had 20 plus points, which is nice. And Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier both scored in the high teens. Uh, their offense seemed to have a pulse finally, which is good to see. Uh, this week, they're going to take on the Cavs, who are terrible. Timberwolves, the Knicks again, and the Bulls. Um, and hopefully they will clean up on some of their crap bag teams. Yeah, I mean, that's like the one silver lining for them uh, coming up in like the immediate future is like, yeah, they do play a lot of crap opponents yeah but they've played a bunch of crap opponents so right, far and they've and lost to them they've lost them, them any good, you keep so. seeing them win and it feels like oh they're gonna turn it now around it. yeah I, f- I thought the same thing after that uh they beat toronto in that ot game at yeah. home and i was yeah. like oh okay, there it is there we go and then i think the next night was that mm-hmm. utah night again at home and that was an embarrassment oh god um anyway yeah, Red we'll get Sox. to them in a minute. Yeah. And then finally, just rounding off our uh, our teams around town, Red Sox, not a whole lot happening in Red Sox Nation this week, as you might imagine. But since our last recording, uh, the Sox did sign first baseman and reigning World Series MVP Steve Pierce, Piss Missile Pierce. Terrible signing. To a one-year $6 million deal. Why is that a terrible sign? It's a fucking waste it's of $6, six million. million bucks. That's chump change. It's a waste. You could have thrown it at a starting pitcher. You know what's funny is just like the difference between like salaries and some of the sports. like. <laughs> Tuka Rask gets paid $7 million a year, and he's like one of the top five highest paid goalies in the NHL. Right. Like, yeah. Steve the, Pierce this, hits a fucking couple dingers in the postseason. <laughs> he gets $6 million for one year. Yeah. And that's not a big contract. Like, that's not an no. overpayment, really. Like, that's just like... It's pocket change in the MLB. Yeah. It's that's weird. Like, which is also weird because, like, does anybody fucking watch baseball anymore? Like, like baseball generally, like, I, where are they getting all this money? I know. You hear about it being the dying sport, and, like, people aren't going to games, people aren't watching games, and yet... They are just chucking cash at yeah, people. And seriously. I'm like, what? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. Merch? 
merch <laughs> concessions i don't yeah. know yeah so, so you gotta pay 25 dollars for a beer yeah fuck so steve pierce can get six so million dollars can get that two grass he money. should buy me a hot dog when i'm there he should and a little more room in my seat <laughs> <laughs> a discussion for another day oh, jesus <laughs> uh you may have also heard that uh mookie betts our friend won the al mvp no big surprise there no nope. also worth noting that alex cora did not win uh american league manager of the year he lost to bob melvin Old Bobby Melvin of the Oakland Athletics. Did I have a baseball question for you? Yeah. Did you know, do you know who the new Twins manager is? I definitely don't know who no, the new I Twins manager is. Don't know why is. you would. It's old friend Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli? Yeah. What's his story again? Is he a local guy? Yeah, I know local guy. Grew Sox, up in honestly. Rhode Island. Played in the Sox. Ended up having some sort of like recurring illness that ended his career essentially he was with oh, the rays for a long time yeah and he came this the is ringing a, a bell bit. for me yeah well now he's the twins manager huh i was like what the, i like saw it on i don't even know where i saw it but i was like the fuck is he doing probably one of the just many uh like you know upper midwestern <laughs> baseball blogs you follow <laughs> all my research i yeah. gotta be prepared that's all i do must, it must have been like the globe or something to be honest yeah just a little footnote yeah like boston.com Slow, slow news day on that day, I guess. Yeah, it's probably on Thanksgiving. Here's a question for you, Melissa. Yeah. If you had to uh, rank, like, what just like, what do you think's like the top story in Boston sports right now? You Ooh. got, you got, you know, obviously like dominant in terms of like headline grabbing. Just overall, we're obviously in the middle of football season. Brady sure. Belichick, yada, but yada, we're in the yada. middle of it. Whole bunch of stories about Josh McDaniels getting like coaching offers and stuff this yeah. week, which is weird, bizarre. And you've got your Celtics, you got your Bruins. Who do I think's taking the headlines? Yeah, like, well, I guess not so much in the in the, in the headlines, I suppose, but like, who's what's your number one story right now? I think it's got to be the Celtics sucking. Go on, because <laughs> the expectations were so high for them, and I think like the the Patriots are always going to be important, right? But when you're at week twelve of the NFL season and you're leading the AF East or AFC East, I can spell, you know, it's kind of like, all right, cool, we got to make it through the rest of the season, like. Not a lot is going to change. Maybe the playoff picture shifts a little, mm -hmm. but like the intricacies week over week aren't necessarily as important. Yeah. The Celtics are just on such a like roller coaster of highs and lows. And they were supposed to be like high, high, high. Like people well, were talking about them lows winning. Lows and relative highs. Yes. <laughs> well, before the season started, people were talking about them winning 60, 65 games. Yeah. Like that's. That's not going to happen. No. The way they're currently no. playing. And like you forget, like I, you said, I, I, what'd you say? You can't believe they played so few games or so yeah. many games. So few. Oh, see, I was thinking the opposite. I, maybe it's just because they've been bad and like the narrative is just sort of drawn out from the first like five games of the series that like they're like struggling early. Like it's quarter way through the season. Like, right. But to me, I feel like all I've been hearing about is them losing. I know. And so for I them know. to have only lost 10 games, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, being just above 500 is That's not, not great. I mean, you look at the other teams around that same point in the, <laughs> at least in the East. It's it's really not pretty. Yeah, yeah. I, I who do you think's to blame? Oh, see, I don't know if that's necessarily clear I, yet. You I, know what's I fascinating agree. is I legitimately don't think the Celtics know why they are sucking. Uh, yeah, they and don't I think, know. I think that's the worst part because how do you fix it if they, you can't figure it out? They don't know. I think they legitimately don't know what's wrong. I think fans we were all stupid to think that the magic they got out of those bench players last year could be replicated when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were back on the court and second to that 
I think we all expected Gordon Hayward to just come back and be Gordon Hayward again. And he's not. And like, even when we just talked about that game, they just won. His stat line isn't in here. No, yeah, he scored five points. Yeah, exactly. We're not talking about him because he's not contributing it the way we would expect Gordon Hayward to contribute. And I don't think they've done enough to make adjustments for that. Are we stupid to expect that they would be that much better, though? Like, if you Uh, look at the team last year, it's No, we're not. Good team, good coach. Yeah. Good, like, good young players, good bench players. Terry Rozier looked great coming off the... Like, all all this stuff. And then you add... Two superstars, or like one superstar and one slightly underneath bottom, lower <laughs> yeah, tier sure, superstar sure. in Hayward. B-plus. Like, why? I feel like I, that's a reasonable expectation. Like, you should get better, right? Yeah, but I don't, because I don't think it's as simple as, and I, I think that's where we were like tricked, is that we thought that. Like, it's just as simple as, oh, well, you put two better players. They're yeah, all like, going to the be math. better. But that's not how it works. It's Apparently not, not. It's not linear math. Because you're adding these two players and it's changing the way the team plays. I think it's even changing the kind of basketball that they play. Like it was way more balanced and like team focused when it was all those like rookies and bench guys last year. And yeah. now it's Kyrie, Gordon, Al Hor- You have a big three. So you have to cater yeah, you to your big, big three. You have a big like six. Yeah. <laughs> it feels but like you they- didn't last year when you signed them because oh, you yeah. didn't know. And that was something that actually you and I had talked about that like or like bef- I guess before they even that season started, I can like picture us doing it, but I don't actually remember when in time it was. I can just like picture us having <laughs> the conversation. Episode 42. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it's like, yeah, there's like the one concern that I had anyways going into the season was like, there's a lot of ma- like a lot of mouths to feed on this team. Yeah. Like between Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, Rozier, Tatum and Brown, like that's a lot of dudes who all want, maybe not Horford, but like that's a lot of dudes who like want the ball right. and want to take shots and want to score points. Right. And have now had success in the NBA. Right. And, and so, we all thought last year that the silver lining of the no Hayward and eventually no Kyrie was that Tatum and Brown got to see the floor a lot more than they right. otherwise would have and therefore got really good. That is turning out to be, I think, probably in the long term, like it will be yeah. looked at as a silver lining. But like it r- immediately, like right now, like just, you know, Today. 21 games in, yeah. it seems like it's having the opposite effect because yeah. they think they're on the same, seem to think they're on the same level as Kyrie right. and Gordon Hayward in terms of so, their sort of importance on the team. Right. They don't want to go out there and be ball feeders and like mop yeah. up. They're Taylor out there like, doesn't want to come off the bench. Right. But they're out there like taking a shot where you're like, pass it to Kyrie, pass it to Kyrie. Dude, like just, you're killing just, me. Yeah. Like run the offense. Right. Like just do, right. I don't know. Like I don't know enough about X's and O's basketballs to know what you, yeah, X no. and O basketball to know what you should do. But like if you just like walk the ball up the floor and like try to just go one-on-one with yeah. someone and like ISO, like you're fucking Allen Iverson, like every single trip up the floor, like that's just not how that's good n- basketball teams win games. And it's not how they played last year. It's sure isn't. Mind. So I got a hot take on the yeah, coach. Yeah, I was going to say, who do you, who are you blaming? I, well, so I think if you look at so you're going to put down my rosé flavored Celtics. Oh, boy. Getting serious uh, now. <laughs> I think if you rose. look at, forget about the Celtics for a second. Forget about even the NBA. Just look at like sports in general, right? Talented team, underperforming. Yes. Who do you blame? Coach. Pretty much always you blame the coach, right? <laughs> or the quarterback. John Farrell with the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Right? Got fired. Talented team, highest payroll in baseball, can't get out of the first round of the playoffs, right? <laughs> See you later, pal. You're yeah. out of here. Like there's the history is just littered with coaches with lots of talent on their roster (laughs) that can't get their teams to perform. Claude Julian with the Bruins is another Uh, recent example of like, it's basically the same team that went to the cup in 11 and 13. You miss the playoffs in 14 and 15 and midway through the season in 16, you get fired and then Cassie comes in and then you look really good. So like, that's just kind of what happens. Now I'm not advocating they're firing Brad Stevens far from it, but I looked at it today. 
Oh, oh. Because it's like, I feel like. We got facts and figures coming. I feel like Brad Stevens is still like the new coach. But like, yeah. you think about it, he's been here since 13, right? Right. And so I was just going through, going through the teams, right? I was like reliving some Celtics history, right? And this is all, this is going to be a build up to my actual point. So just bear with me here for a second. So Stevens comes to the team in 13. Uh, that was after like basically the Tankapalooza season, the Doc Rivers' last season, Pierce's last season. They like dump everybody and move on. Brad's first season, they win 25 games. They suck, right? Nothing to see there. No big deal. Whatever. 14 rolls around. They basically finish 500. At that point, they've got Isaiah Thomas. They don't yet ha- have Al Horford, but like the Rondo's still on the team. Fucking Jared Sullinger and freaking Jeff Green. Like whatever. They're fine. 500 team. Nothing to see there either. 15, that's when they got Horford, I think. Yeah, so now we're in 15, 16, and you've got Isaiah Thomas. That year, they win 48 games. Okay, sure, not bad. Uh, they, what'd they do then? Oh, that was when they lost to the Hawks in the playoffs. All right, so mm-hmm. now we're getting into like modern era. Yeah. So 16, 17, they win 53 games. They finish first in the Eastern Conference, and they fucking lose to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. They won one game. That was like the Isaiah Thomas year. Okay, cool. You've got Al Horford on the team. You've got IT who was at the time playing like a superstar. He wasn't actually a superstar, but like that was your team basically, right? Sure. And then of course, we all know the story last year. You've got Kyrie. You've got Gordon Hayward who horrifically gets injured in the first two minutes of the first game of the season. The team sort of galvanizes. You've got two, uh, one rookie and one almost rookie in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who end up having a great season. By the time the postseason rolls around, you don't have Kyrie, and then you lose to LeBron again in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, all that being said, the point is that Brad's been here for five years. Yeah. Three of those five years, the teams were, like, legit NBA teams, but not championship contending teams, right? Right. And so, like, what we... To no fault of his. Oh, no, definitely not. No, 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 no way. And what we what do we know about Brad Stevens? One thing that we know is that he's like a really good X's and O's tactician type coach, right? He can draw up a play on the fucking whiteboard and like <laughs> get you get an open look with a couple seconds left in the game, right? Yeah. Cool. Way to go, Brad. You need that sometimes in the NBA. Last year is a little bit of a special case, I think. Like I honestly think that like the trauma of Hayward. Oh God, it's stuck was with all of us. Not just the graphic nature of it, but just the fact that it was like this whole new team and think about the hype from this year and Mm -hmm. you know it was like 10 times as much last year because nobody had ever seen them play together you have all this hype all these expectations and then right off the fucking back something legitimately awful happens right that you never could have predicted and not just for like a basketball team but like awful for that to happen to a person like there's a horrible gruesome injury like on day one you know what I mean so like that's fucked up and I think that galvanized the team a bit and brought them together and then by the end of it in the playoffs you've got a 21-year-old in Jalen Brown, a 19-year-old in Jason Tatum, flying around out there and just trying to compete. They go seven games with the Bucks, five games with the Sixers, and they lose to LeBron. And it's like, here we are, current day. And this is basically, long story short, this is the first like legit NBA superstar championship caliber roster that Brad yeah. Stevens has ever dealt with outside of the first two minutes in <laughs> yeah, the preseason sure. of last year. Right. This is the first test, I think, of... Stevens' ability to do the Doc Rivers thing, which is maybe he's not the best X's and O's greaseboard tactician, but he can manage the egos. He can manage the personalities. He's the leader in more of like a... Put you in the right place to win. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. he, uh, more like, I don't know, like he, he's just, he's like a he's like a figurehead, you know? Um, and 
20 games into the season in the, like, so this is like the bit, the, the test so far for Brad Stevens. Like, okay, we got it. You're like a nerd who can draw up a good play, but can you actually coach in the NBA? This is the biggest difference between NBA coaches and college coaches. Right. You're not coaching kids. These are grown men making hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And like, you've got to tell fucking Gordon Hayward, like your best bro to like Sit come off the down. bench. Right. You have to like get in fucking Jalen Brown's face who thinks he's hot shit and tell him to stop shooting stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah, have yeah. to do that stuff. And so far, again, small sample size, 20 games, but it's like, Brad, can you do this, dude? Like, oh, can you do this? Compelling argument. I'm just saying, like, Ch- in the NBA, I feel like it's like 70-30. 30% is like, you got to be a good basketball coach. And, you know, you obviously have to have the credentials and the smarts to get sure. respected in the first place. But to happening. actually, like, be a championship coach in the NBA, yeah. you have to do a lot more than just draw up plays. Right. You know, like, you're not... Like the offensive coordinator, you know right, what I mean? Like right. you're the head coach. You got to like, you got to make this happen. It's interesting because now it makes me think back on last season and like was the reason they were so successful is because that team that he ended up with at the end of the year was basically a college team. Those and those have been the teams that he's had. And, and again, like like you said a minute yeah. ago, he hasn't he's not in the roster building department. That's Danny sure, Age and right. others. But like, yeah, he's had great success with teams of like bit pieces and young guys. Yeah, he's had which is great. That's all yeah, he's had to deal right. with. So, he hasn't so, won the championship, but he's like come further than he should with the team that he has. Like that was his reputation at Butler too. Like getting them to the absolutely. final four two years in a row was like, what the hell Butler? Like they're not a big national program that you hear about all Definitely. the time. In fact, never heard about them before yeah, and haven't, haven't heard, heard about since. them since. <laughs> and he basically did the same thing last year yeah. with oh, that yeah. team that he was left with when Kyrie went out. Totally. And the year before that with IT and Horford. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I, I just think it's interesting to, to think about the Brad Stevens NBA coaching era yeah. as four years of like runway and like now this is the like this is the team and this is, is what all the trades were for for yeah. all the draft picks all the like just you know since when was the last year of the big three like 2012 whenever they like Not broke much. that up yeah sure uh do you think that he can figure it out like do you have confidence in his ability to figure out how to like shift gears a little bit uh I have no idea I don't know like, if you, again, like, if you read, I put a couple I, of quotes. I was just quotes. about to say, because when I read the quotes, right, so there's a couple quotes that we have from Celtics players in the locker room, and, like, I got to tell you, it makes me feel like that is exactly what you're talking about. Like, a coach that knows how to manage the ego and manage the players and not just the X's and O's can overcome, like, these conversations wouldn't be happening yeah, here's to just the a, media. Here's just a couple uh, highlights coming out of the locker room. This is on, this was after Monday, I think. I got this from a Sports Illustrated article and I dropped them into our like notes. So forgive me, audience. I don't know the exact time of these quotes. <laughs> they obviously won against the Pelicans on Monday night, but they're still way below where expectations are. So yeah. Kyrie Irving had this to say, you're almost at that rock bottom point where the team is about to blow up. Not saying we're here. Oh, I'm sorry. Not saying we're there. But for me, there's no more time to waste, says Kyrie Irving. Here's another good one. Marcus Smart <laughs> says, I don't even know what to say to you guys at this point, referring to the media. Literally, this is the first time in my life I've ever had literally no answer for any questions. I honestly don't know what it is. I'm stumped right now. That's Marcus Smart, the the heart and soul of the team. That's right. like your like fucking dirt dog. That's your guy. Bring him on. And he says he literally doesn't know <laughs> what the hell's going on. And so like I feel like I don't know if you if you think about like people in positions of leaderships, yeah, leadership rather, yeah, right. who are like got there because they're really good at this like one thing. Yeah. And it's like, in Brad's case, I think it's, it's, it's the nitty gritty X's and O's of basketball is what got him here. 
I don't know if he's like a leader of men. Because right. what the team needs right now, it seems pretty clear, is a leader of men. What they have is this tactician who's a skilled tactician for sure. But I just don't know if what this team needs is what Brad Stevens has. And I'm beginning to question whether he's a good coach or not. I don't know. It, it almost I always thought he was. It uh, almost feels like these quotes could have come directly from Brad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he, he had that quote he the other did. day that yeah. was like, I'll play. I'll find it and play it. So here it is. I, I just don't know that we're that good, Gary. Like, maybe it's not a wake-up call if you keep getting beat. You know, like, we have to play better. And it's not because we're not capable of being good. It's not because we weren't good at one time in our lives. It's you're good if you play good. And, I mean, the results are speaking for themselves. I just don't know if we're any good. Yeah, right. He's, like, looking at the fucking right. data in front of him right. with his eyes. And he's saying, we suck. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And I it's like, know. dude, if you don't know what's happening, like, who does? Like, pull the fire alarm. That's the scariest part is that, like, it's not just that they're, like, losing games. Like, oh, you can lose games for a million reasons. Like, sure. that happens. And it's going to be days you lose. But Nobody goes undefeated. Right. And But just to be, like, totally, like, no one seems to know what the answer is. To me, it seems like there's too many, like, too, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Do you think they need a trade? Like, do they need to trade someone out of there? They need to get rid of Rozier or Jalen Brown or somebody. Um, I think they should have traded Terry Rozier in the offseason. Yeah. So I'm still on the trade Terry is like train falling. Right well, now. the team stock is fine. I mean, now if Danny Ainge calls up some other GM in <laughs> yeah. the NBA, he's like, hey, what would you give me for Terry Rozier? Like, <laughs> things are going good up there, huh? Like, yeah. fuck you. Like, nobody likes Danny Ainge anyway. Like, who's going to help him out of this jam? Right. Uh, and so, like, I feel like the time to trade Terry Rozier has come and gone. But if I were to trade anybody, it'd be him because I only he's not going to resign here anyways. I wouldn't. Think, right. I think this is the last year of his deal. Yes, you're correct. But still, I would say to the to the people, I'd be like, guys, like, what the fuck? Like, right. What are we doing here? Get out there and and win some games. What are we like? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to diagnose this team. Like the fact that they're 20 games in, they're just above 500, and they don't have like a diagnosis as to why they're they. It is right. that way is wild to me i feel like brad has them out there like running drills when what they need is like a good therapy session so, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah like uh how what do we like what do we want to be known for as a team like what's important to you guys like how do we work together to accomplish that like you don't need to run wind sprints you need to like figure yeah. out like are you all on the same page that like Kyrie is the number one ball handler and like all things will flow through him like i Here's your role. Here's your role. Here's your role. All are equally important to being successful. Yeah. And speaking of Kyrie, Kyrie had a, a, a quote this week that frustrated me. That was like, we need, I'll find that one too. <laughs> Here it is. Just some experience, you know, um, looking at this locker room, just, you know, me being in my eighth year and being a quote unquote veteran as well as Al and Baines. And, you know, um, you know, right now I think that it would be nice if we had someone that was a 15-year vet, 14-year vet that could, you know, just kind of help us race along the regular season, understanding that it's a long marathon rather than just a, a full-on sprint of just, you know, when you want to play, when you want to do what you want to do. So, A 15-year veteran? Like, first of all, you're the fucking guy, Kyrie. Right. Does, I, I know you you're not a 15-year veteran. Team. You're like a six-year veteran, but like, you, you're the guy. Right. Like, you're the guy. You left the team that you weren't the guy to come be on right. a team where you are. That the was guy. your whole thing. You're the guy of leaving that so, team. Does you can't sit there and say the team needs a veteran, and you have veterans like Al Horford is a veteran, right. Marcus Morris is a veteran. Like you, the, you've got that covered. Like there's no, there is no hole on the roster. Right. Like you just can't 
find one. There's not even a hole in the coaching staff. Apparently, Brad Stevens is a really good coach. <laughs> like, I don't know. That whole 15-year veteran comment was real. I was like, that's concerning. Like, is Kyrie Irving a leader of men? Like, I don't know. Is he? Yeah. Is he realizing it's can not so easy? Can he do that? Can he get, does does he, can he, will he get in someone's face and like fuck shit up <sighs> if, they're, if, if a team is just like playing like a bunch of dummies? Apparently he's not. I don't know. He I'll tell you what, if you had asked make me. Make his movies, sign his sneaker deal. Well, maybe. Or maybe he just has only ever been on teams that are fucking sick. Guy went to Duke, gets drafted by the Cavs, who already have LeBron, and like. Yeah, true. You know, the Celtics were good last year. They should be good this year, too. But it's like, I don't know. Has Kyrie Irving ever, like, really, like. Face adversity? On the court, faced any, like, serious adversity? This is what I'm asking myself about Brad Stevens now. Like, so much has come to light about, like. <laughs> <laughs> what they've done so far in their careers and all these assumptions we've made about their yeah. skills. And now you wonder. And now they're being tested and you're like, oh shit. Like I was only ever looking at Kyrie on the court and being like, the Celtics have the guy. Like we did it. We got a superstar. Yeah. Sick. Let's go win some fucking titles. But now it's like, oh shit. It ain't that easy. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> there's more to it Who'd than that. Thunk it? I have one more Celtics question for you though. Sure. So we're talking about the Celtics. We're talking about like, yeah, we're only at the quarter mark of the season i think we expect them to figure it out we keep expecting them to figure it out though right like yeah every game that they win we're like oh oh yeah there we go okay yeah, yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. cooking this is what we wanted yeah it's two like, steps forward one step yeah, back then doesn't work out but when you think about like we've talked about this a lot last season too and like the advantage of home court and how that has a huge impact in the nba do you think that if they can make it to like a three seed and can like get home court in a series or two that they have a chance to go all the way still in the playoffs. So if they're in a lower seed. Yeah, they don't need to be the number one seed to get like. Well, they ain't going to be the number one seed at this point. Right. But like, you know, if they hit three, four, they can get maybe a series at home, depending on how things shake out. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly be a harder road. Like, it's funny. The NBA This is something we talked about in the playoffs a lot last year about how like the NBA playoffs aren't always that interesting because the home team always wins. Yeah. And the question you would ask is, do they win because they're at home or are they at home because they're better? Right. Right. So like, does the better team always win in the NBA? And I think generally the answer is yes. The better team tend like the team with the better talent tends to win most of the time. And the team with the better talent that typically bears itself out over the regular season. And therefore right. they're the higher seed. Therefore they're at home. So I don't put that much stock in like the home road thing as some people do. I just look at who's better, you know? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it would bl like if the Celtics don't win the East, let's say, it won't be because they're on the road. I don't think okay. unless it's a, unless may, mm, I don't know, maybe in Toronto, like if the Toronto series, it comes down to like a game seven, you're in Toronto, you know what I mean? Something really sure. specific like that, where it's like, you look at it and you're like, damn, if that was just a home game, it would have been different. Cause if that, like, let's say they get to an East final right? and it plays out the way that like that Milwaukee series plays out where just every team wins their home game. And then yeah. it comes down to game seven, the home team wins and everybody goes home. Right. Like if that were to happen, I'd be like, fuck those first 25 yeah. games of the season really they like, mattered <laughs> but i mean i think if they do figure it out if then that would imply that the team is somewhere close to what it's capable of and if they're playing close to what they're capable of i think they can beat fucking anybody in the east including yeah. toronto so they have the chance they kind of have the chance to buck that trend of like winning at home if they can get good in the second half of the season and be playing to their actual potential yeah i think that would actually be kind of sick because they, they might not be able to move their seed up enough but they might actually be like 
Yeah, there's a lot of like NBA punditry happening right now and like a lot of math about like how they could possibly like where they might seed, which is foolish to do at this point of the season. But it's like anything could happen unless something ridiculous happens to Toronto or them in the well, they get an injury negative or or positive direction. Yeah, respectively, like they ain't getting that one seed. Like no way. You never know. You never do know. Seventy five percent of the season left to go. True story. But yeah, wild start so far. Hey, if you had asked me in uh, August, yeah, okay, Craig. Picture this. It's November 28th, and you're fired up about regular season Celtics games, <laughs> yelling about Brad Stevens. I know. Never. Do you think that'll never. happen? I'd be like, no, it's going to be like, you don't have to wake me up in fucking May. Right. I'll watch the last two minutes of every game, because that's all that matters, <laughs> and then I'll watch the postseason. Yeah, weird times. Weird times in Celtics land. Yeah. I feel like we unpacked that a lot. What else you want to talk about? You think the Pats are all right? That Tennessee game was fucking terrible. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. Oh, you didn't miss a goddamn thing. That's what I kind of heard. That was gross. I was in Disney. Oh. NBD. And uh, myself, my brother-in-law and father-in-law were all like checking the score. We're like, fuck, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> they were yeah. like walking no. around Animal Kingdom. You picked a good game to miss, yeah. let me tell you. Was- that was like puking on your shoes and then like walking yeah. a mile in it. It was gnarly. Yeah, thank God they came back and played like they should against the Jets, which like notoriously they actually have struggled a little bit against the Jets oh, on yeah. the road. I mean, we were so, just talking before we hit record about this, how like... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, I heard this theory this week, like as we're watching some teams that had beat the Patriots really kind of struggle in like their next game and future games. I heard this theory that it's like the Patriots are good in the playoffs because every team that they play all 16 weeks is taking their best shot. They're basically at playoff level play for lack of a better word every single week and so when they get to the playoffs it's no different to them you know when you're looking at these teams and you're looking at teams like who they've lost to fucking jacksonville who's just a train wreck right now yeah tennessee they just lost to like you middling yeah but like the lions yeah none of them are blow your socks off like Super Bowl contending team. No, in fact, the only team that is that is the Chiefs, and they beat them. <laughs> yeah, they won. <laughs> you know? them. It's like, we took our best shot. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's interesting just to think about, like, you know, you're dealing with a higher level of competition, maybe. And so for them to come back and, like, play well against the Jets and have a good win and get the offense really moving and rolling, and they stopped the Jets, like, pretty well up and down the field. Oh, yeah. It just felt like, okay, we're back after the bye. We had a fell to a trap game before the bye. Gets Tennessee. Now we're back. We're ready to close out the season. Yeah, and as far as they could, as much as they could prove in that game last yeah, week, sure. they proved right. that they're it's the Jets. back on track. You know, <laughs> like they they weren't able to totally erase that Tennessee loss because you're playing the fucking Jets. If they were playing right. like the Rams in LA or something and won, like that's a whole different thing. But you know, crappy crappy opponent who's giving you the best shot, and like that's what the Patriots see most weeks. But I think in the last, I think if I have this right, in the last four years. They haven't beat the Jets in the Meadowlands by more than seven points. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll so, just go ahead and accept that yeah, as true. Everybody should. Don't Google my facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. They lo- they dropped one. I think they won one by a touchdown, one by six, and one by like four or something. And so you look at that and it's like, oh shit. Like yeah. the Jets, because again, like the Jets play hard when the Patriots are coming to town. They're on their home turf. They don't want to get embarrassed. Tough atmosphere too. Fans are up. Like the Pats have yeah. not played like a dead stadium. For no. 20 years. No, well, yeah. <laughs> like, so not only are you getting the best out of 
that team. You're getting the best out of their fans loud too. Crowd. They're yeah, for they're sure. loud. They're into it. They're excited. Uh, the refs get a little amped up too. Like I think you know you're in Ooh. kind of a big game. We saw fucking Ed Hockley's kid. Ed Hockley's kid. I didn't realize <sighs> that until after the game. Unfortunately. Oh my god! <laughs> like I, w- I wish I could have been like he hip to was that. throwing flags like he was the starting pitcher. I was like, dude, <laughs> like enough. That first half took forever. I think the Patriots got flagged eleven times in that game. It was yeah, it was pretty. It was brutal. brutal. It, was, pretty it brutal. was brutal, and some of them were weak calls. Like there were a couple where I was like, really, mm. you got to let some of that go. But towards the end of the game, they did. It felt like they let them play a little bit more. There was like one Gilmore hold in particular where it was like. That's funny because a quarter ago you would have called that. <laughs> you would have thrown just, eh, a pocket full of flags whatever. a couple yeah. minutes ago. Would have been like lawn darts out there, but now it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I definitely feel good about what I saw on Sunday. My only th- my my biggest concern right now with the Patriots is I think their offense will be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but no one can get hurt. <laughs> just no one can. Like they have the big tight end, a yeah. little slot receiver, a deep threat in Josh Gordon. They've got a stay-at-home running back in Sony Michelle and a like third down, you know, Kevin Falk type back in James White. Like they have one of all of those things. If any one of those things goes away due to injury, they don't have anything to replace it. They just gotta, instead of having five weapons, they now have four. Like there's no Yeah, there's no second. There's no replacement for Josh Gordon. There's no <laughs> right. replacement for Julia. I mean, there's no replacement for fucking Sony Michelle. They had Cordell Patterson running the ball for Christ's sakes. Like he so didn't look bad. Assuming, got a touchdown. Yeah, well. Grab yeah. the guy by the nuts. Oh man, did he ever? He fucking <laughs> squeezed that dude's Oh man. He was like a rough. squirrel getting ready for winter. Oh there. god. <laughs> Fistful of nuts. <laughs> like this fucking guy. Uh Oh my god! Yeah, so that's my only thing with the Patriots. I just like I don't know. Like I just every week I'm just like, oh god, please, like just get up, get up, get up. Every time uh, someone gets hurt, I'm like, get up. Please, I mean, we were talking up, about it on Sunday, like watching that game. And Julian Edelman is just like throwing his body like he's a rag doll, and I was like, dude, you're in your 30s and you're coming off a bad knee injury. Can you just like go down? Yeah, like 20 yards is cool. You don't need 21. Yeah, just hit the deck. Give go it down. the old Wes Welker. Just fucking hit the ground. Oh my god, please. It's like. Uh, I like hold my breath every single time. He's like jumping in the air and flipping over people like he's in the rhythm gymnastics. Yeah, he does like the he does like the airborne theatrics. Yeah, I don't need any of that. Um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit nerve wracking, but I think they're getting it getting it back on track. And and maybe we'll be in a false sense of security, or maybe they'll actually figure it out because they definitely play a lot of swag <laughs> over the last five weeks of the season. Yeah. But they do have the Steelers. Yeah, and the in Vikings. Pittsburgh, so we'll see. And the Vikings game shouldn't be a walkover, but we'll see. Yeah. I'll be there on Sunday, so. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, big time. I didn't know. Yeah, baby. Two games this season? Two games this season. Look at you go. Big uh, NFC North guy, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> with Vikings. Oh, well. I'll uh, be at work, NBD. Yeah, well, vacation's over. Bro. Um. All right. Lightning round. Yep. You want to start? Okay. Uh, as we said in the open, Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin. Bobby. One AL manager of the year. The expectations for the A's were extremely low, and they managed to win 97 games and make the play-in game, which they ultimately then lost to the Yankees. Conversely, Alex Cora, 
local manager, steered the very high expectation Red Sox to 108 wins, most in franchise history and in the and in MLB this season. Thank you very much. Uh, and they went on to, of course, win the World Series. Do you think Cora got snubbed for the manager of the year? I don't really care about manager of the year. <laughs> First of all, oh okay. The thing is, is that it—if you look at like who wins it, usually it is the Bob Melvins of the world. Generally, it's usually like the like zero to hero, like lowest expectation team, like that like came out of nowhere and is like really good, right? Sure. Um, Everyone the, likes the, the underdog. The Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, oh. in the NHL. The coach yeah. of that team Sorry, won the fucking should have, yeah. You know, coach of the year, whatever. Like so, that's what those things have happen to be. I do think that there should be like managing in the regular season in baseball is very different than managing in the playoffs. Yeah, and like. Managing the regular season is really just about managing workload and rest. And managing in the postseason is like actual tactical. Right. Every pitch matters. Every pitching change matters. Every defensive replacement matters. Like, so, and these awards don't take into account postseason anything. So the prize in the postseason is win the fucking World Series. So <laughs> I'm not really that bitter. I don't really think he got snubbed. It kind of just is what the award is. Yeah, it's a good point. Because I think we think about Alex Cora's managing skills from the playoffs and oh, like yeah because like that he was a, he he was, was brilliant. A ma- he could have won <laughs> world series mvp for honest Christ to god sakes. if that was within the rules yeah I, I, that's that he was my mvp but yeah over the season the red sox winning i mean 108 was like unprecedented obviously but totally. like it was but the like, other thing okay. is like the like the high expectations of the team i feel like that is a uh, like they use that against alex cora like but I feel like it should be something that you put, should put in his column for why he w- should have won manager of the year. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. high expectations are hard to deal with. Low expectations is easy. Right. Because you know? if you suck, who cares? There's no pressure. Exactly. You have all the pressure. Like the pressure the cooker of Boston, New York, LA, Houston, yeah. like these teams that are, are supposed to be good and perform well. I feel like that's something that should help you win a manager of the year is the fact that there was high expectations, not low. Yeah. But that's just me. All right. A little bit of an old story. Uh, but... A few weeks ago, the two best teams in their respective conferences uh, in the National Football League went head-to-head on Monday Night Football. The Rams from Los Angeles and the Kansas City Chiefs wound up in a... I think the final score was 51-55. I meant to look that up, Something but I stupid. did yeah. not. That's, uh, I think that's right. <laughs> it was definitely in the 50s. Both teams were in the 50s, and the Chiefs lost. And that was obviously a wide-open game with lots of exciting plays coming from both offense and defense. Yes. Um, it was highly entertaining, but slightly concerning as a Patriots fan, <laughs> as we had just watched our offense put up 10 fucking points against the Titans. Uh, the Chiefs are right now the best team in the AFC, and the Pats are in there at number two as it stands right now. And this is obviously a, a likely projection for the AFC Championship game this year, although you never know. So, Melissa, my question to you is: After watching this game, which I assume that you did, uh, do you think the Patriots can come up with? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you think the Patriots can keep up with either of these teams? Can they score 50 in a fucking game? I don't think they would need to. Whoa. Because these offenses didn't score 51 and 55 points. That's a good point. Their defenses played a huge part yeah. in the, that scoring. I, I don't have, I don't know the breakdown on top of my head, but I would bet it was almost 50% of those points came from the defense. Yeah. I mean, well, there was a lot of short lot. fields. There was yeah. a lot. There was like, I think there was one defensive score on either team, but there was a lot of just other yeah, turnovers. Yeah, a lot that of put stopping them in position that. To score. Right, yeah. right. And so I, and I think like at the end of the day, you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and he's great at ball protection and ball management. And like, y- you don't give those defenses a chance to score in that mm-hmm. way. And so it keeps your score down. So I, I don't worry about that score getting run up and they've already proved that they can hang with the chiefs. We talked about it before they beat them. The Rams. I worry about a little bit more because I feel like Andy Reed will like piss his pants playing the Patriots in the postseason as he does every time. Patrick Mahomes. Is as a little he bit did of, in this game on Monday. Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, is a little bit of a wild card, obviously. Cause totally. like 
he's never even been to the playoffs before so who the hell knows Mm -hmm. but you know college football players typically don't well no they never play that long of a season so like does he have the stamina to like true story do that for an additional three games is this gonna be a deshaun watson situation from last year yeah good Good take i like it peaks in week 14 baby it's all downhill after that uh the rams are a little more concerning obviously because they are an older team they're a little more tenured and i think they have slightly well slightly it's not their first year true but they have uh i just think they have better like three phases of the game if you will (laughs) i hear you anyway uh next oh you want to do some speculation i'd love to Ah, god i knew you would uh what do you think happened to tuca why was he on a five-day leave? Where the hell did he go? Okay. What did he do? So well, I want to preface this with this is wild speculation. I know. I like it. I have Nobody knows fucking anything about this, which know, is one of the so most interesting weird. parts. So to be clear, for those that don't know, yeah. they did not call this anything injury-related or health-related. They didn't call it... In fact, they specifically said it was not. Yeah. They didn't call it like a family leave in the NHL, like CBA. I learned all about this. They have a bereavement. So if it was like a a family member or something like that that died, like they would have called it one of those things. It's also incredibly common across all of sports is if like some guy just needs some time to like take care of some shit, whatever that shit might be. Maybe he's got to meet with his lawyer or something. I don't know. There could be anything. These are people with lives. Like they'll say, oh yeah, does your back hurt? Right, right, you know, right. <laughs> like flu-like <laughs> symptoms. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like you can see stomach you, bug. You've seen these injuries, uh, uh, particularly right. in basketball, hockey, baseball. Longer, you know, just not football. Basically, where the regular seasons are really long. So they didn't do any of that. They just said that the Bruins went pretty. I would say out of their way to say this is a Tuca thing. Yeah, it's a, to talk to him. Uh, what it was, I got the sense from some of the reporting that week that it was nothing tragic. Right. Like I, I, you got the sense from like listening to Tuca talk about it after once he came back that he was a little like, a little pissed. Like he didn't, his tone wasn't that of someone that just like had like just went through like a tragic loss in their life. Right. Um, and again, if he did, it would have been a bereavement or something right, like that. They would have just called it that. Um, so that's good for him. Uh, but I, I don't know, like, I don't know what his like marriage situation is. It almost seemed oh. like it was like a marital or a, uh, or a, like, uh, um sp- some kind of paternity issue you think maybe i was thinking more like uh uh faithfulness may have been a problem on his part <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah he was like he was like uh you know again wild <laughs> speculation here i don't even know if he's married i mean i'm sure he's got don't something going think on he is. i think he has a long-term girlfriend with a child oh okay so yeah you got the sense that it was something like that because his tone when he came back he was like yeah like had to like go handle it now it's handled like we're good like it was just like were you in the fucking doghouse hard dude like <laughs> dang like geez five days away <laughs> personal leave team doesn't even have your back like what are you getting into with your fucking acid wash jeans your mullet ah uh, interesting i thought maybe it was like a legal thing but like he's not in any trouble that we know of we don't know what the laws are in finland it's a that's wild a good point. place that's a good point Maybe he like killed uh, a polar bear or something. Yeah, God. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he does in his free time. I think there are way up north. There's a good chance. I you, just don't, you know. don't know. You've never been there. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> don't know. could tell us. We I should ask know. him. Yeah, legal. Yeah, I mean maybe, but like we like that's like a public record. Like you could look that up. I mean, again, Finland. Who fucking knows? Yeah, who knows what their laws are? The EU's got all sorts of crazy things going on. Is he Swedish? No, he's Finnish. He's Finnish. Okay. Anyways, yeah, whatever. All right, here's he's another. He's Scandinavian. He's another. 
Here's another. Uh, all their laws are based on old Viking traditions. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had to bury someone at sea. <laughs> yeah, he had to shoot the arrow. He just set a boat on fire, <laughs> hit him with a hammer, and called it a day. Anyway. Uh, okay, here's another oldie hockey question that I think you're gonna like. Oh yeah, I will. Uh, Brad Marchand. Yeah. Uh, he got called for an extremely lame slashing penalty in a game against Dallas a few weeks ago. He was a little jammed up. Goes to the penalty box. He was getting chirped by fans. Uh, it's not clear what the fans were saying to him, but there's a camera on the player in the penalty yeah. box, obviously, and he chirps back at the fan and says, how much did you pay to watch me? And I think he re- repeated the question and said, how much did you pay to watch me? I bet he put some expletives in there. Uh, and oh, maybe not. No, 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 there's, there's a camera. Clean. No, there's clean. a camera. And he probably uh, wanted it to be on TV. And to be clear, the tone of it, he was like smirking at the guy. So it wasn't like, what the fuck? Uh, and just as a fun statistic, because uh, I felt like putting it in, just for reference, Brad Marchand leads the league in penalty <laughs> minutes with 46. Second place is 26. Uh, <laughs> so thoughts on Marchand chirping with the fan? Oh, I like it. I think Marchand's funny. Okay. Let me take both sides of this coin. It's funny. Like, you're already in the penalty box. You might as well, like, throw shade at the fan. And I think that's a clever comeback of, like, a, how much are you paying to watch me, bro? I like, like that. Come on. I do. Because we don't know what the fan said. It could have been, like, pretty like out of line right you know? right or it could have been mundane and funny and he was just making a joke back yeah, like, yeah, yeah fine the problem with brad marchand is he needs to not do that on the ice because he yeah. brings attention to himself and hence has 46 penalty minutes which is 20 more than the next closest guy like yeah he's doubled up the, he, the, yeah because he's like, the you know he's the face licker like you can't do that shit you they need them on the ice especially with patrice bergeron out right now and like for a while it seems like patrice yeah. is gonna be out like marchand needs to be out there because like he's going to be a big driver of their offense and like he needs to stay on the ice to make that happen. But once you're in the penalty box, once yeah, you're fucking, there, yeah once you're talk in all there. the shit you want and like keep the camera on him the whole time. I don't care what's happening on the ice. I want to watch him. Yeah, I agree. I had no, I, not that anybody was like, I don't think there was too many people that can get like two open arms about no. it, but like it was funny. He does need to clean up his act and that's another in, uh, another piece of evidence to show that he's not interested in cleaning up his <laughs> no. act at all. So it's like, okay. No, he sure isn't. But in a vacuum, I did like it. I thought it was He funny. likes it. Uh, over Thanksgiving, don't know if you had a chance to catch this, golf powerhouses Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson faced off in a head-to-head golf showdown. It was dubbed The Match. The match. Uh, they played in Vegas, nice, for a $9 million pot and wound up tied through 18. Uh, they played an illuminated par, thir- par 3 19 hole <laughs> three times. Yeah. It's fucking weird. They couldn't move on to a different hole. Anyway, to determine the winner. Well, it was dark. Yeah, they don't. So they only had lights on one hole. They just played it over and over again. They only had lights on one hole. Well, only had like enough lights for like oh, they were gonna fucking move the lights. Like it'll take forever. <laughs> Your pay per view. Get some more lights. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, there was a shitload of side bets and things like that, and the event had no PGA affiliation whatsoever. It also was a pay per view that got fucked up, and then they ended up having to give it to everyone for free. What do you mean? It was a pay- you were supposed to pay twenty dollars. Twenty for bucks, it. yeah, or stream it online. And then the, well, no, the streaming online only happened because something happened in the pay-per-view system and people that had paid for it weren't being, it wasn't coming through their TV. So they ended up streaming it online. As oh, a so like, like the, the BR live thing wasn't meant I to be free? No. Oh. I don't, maybe the BR live was, but like Turner Broadcasting oh, ended oh, up oh, having yeah, like, multiple streams. Sure. Did you watch it? First of all. What were your thoughts, second of all? And uh, do you think this is kind of going to be like a thing going forward? Just how golf's going to go? Head-to-head, uh, boxing style? Well, okay, so in order, I watched the end of it, 
I didn't watch the whole thing. The illuminated three light. Three uh, holes. I did see that whole exchange. <laughs> I thought that was cool because here's the thing: you never see professional golfers play the same hole twice. They never get to play the same hole twice. Sure. So I guess. like, just to see them like adjust, and it's also a par three, which is cool. So it's like they're like you, the the possibility of a hole in one is like always there. Um, so like they're like smacking it around, and then it's like just kept on coming back, and you're like, oh shit, this is gonna be great. Like they these guys never get to go back. Imagine, Nobody in golf gets to go back. Imagine it ended with a hole in one. That, so that's what basically was keeping me watching, which is stupid because that's like a ridiculous thing to be rooting for. But like, I didn't care about. Yeah, but that would have been sick. Ta- been whoever unreal. was putting that on, would you have know, been like- it was in both of their minds too. Like that would be insane. Anyways, I thought it was fine. I think it's kind of cool. Like, it's a like it's a weird thing to hype. Like golf, it's just such a polite sport, and they're such like yeah. polite people, and they're gentlemanly all the time. So like, even like they were mic'd up, which I thought was really cool. And like they could do a bunch of stuff that the PGA, I would imagine, wouldn't let them otherwise do. Like they were literally doing like immediately after a hole, Mr. Broadcaster Man would stand in between Phil and Tiger and just talk to them. Like, how's oh, that's that? cool. Is that cool for you? Like, what do you think? <laughs> would you, oh, Which yeah. I thought was really cool. It was like a nice little like peek behind the curtain. But just in this particular case, peeking behind the curtain of professional golf, it's not that interesting behind <laughs> the curtain. Like, <laughs> like, there's your problem. Yeah. Uh, I think if they did this sort of like, I think people should do this all the time. I don't know if it's in their contracts or whatever. Like, this is obviously a non-contact sport, so like whatever. Sure. But like, if like Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry put on like a fucking handles competition. In the off season, totally unaffiliated with the NBA, they yeah. were just like doing it for cash. Right, that'd be fucking sick. Well, you know what I was gonna say is that I feel like the best part of All Star Weekends is like the, the skills. skills competitions. Absolutely, that's like almost what this is. Yeah, they th- should make th- skills competitions in All Star Weekends more like that. I think the, the yeah, I mean like almost like the worst part. And, and again, like I'm I play golf, like I'm a casual golf fan. Like I'll watch the fucking Masters. I'm 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 a I'm a lukewarm golf fan. Uh, but like golf light, I'd rather see, uh, Phil and Tiger try to hold, hold it on a par three, yeah. three times over than watch them play 18 holes against each other. That's just me. Like if you're going to do the whole like non-tournament, like just one-on-one thing, like mix it up. I got, I got it. I got the next thing. What? I want all the royalties for it. What? Tiger, Phil, mini golf. See, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. As long Get as they're the taking windmill. it serious. You'd have to like make it high stakes for them somehow though. And you yeah. can't do it with money. $12 million. <laughs> All right, anyway. it's my turn to ask you a question, isn't it? It is. And my phone's in my pocket. What an amateur. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Their yeah. team. Remember them? Yeah. They're officially losing their shit. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bortles getting benched in favor of uh, backup Cody Kessler. Um, his, his current NFL record is 0-8. Oh, my God. If you're keeping score at home. That's brutal. Yeah. Uh, running back Leonard Fournette was tossed out of the game on Sunday for throwing actual punches with some poor Buffalo Bill. Did you see it? I did. Of oh, course. God, how could you have fucking, fucking missed great. it at this point in the week? I liked how when the refs or whoever was separating them decided to take them down the tunnel, they took take them down the tunnel. They took them down the same tunnel. I know why. <laughs> I thought that I, was, that was <laughs> brilliant decision making yeah. when you're trying to break up a fight. Let's <laughs> take them to a enclosed space yeah. away Together. from all the cameras in the rules yeah. and uh, just have them fucking keep barking at each other. My favorite part of them breaking up the fight was the ref that just kept blowing his whistle like yeah, just, they heard you they yeah, don't it's care it's not a matter of we not know. whistling enough yeah, at yeah. this point <laughs> they got it they don't give a shit dude <sighs> okay God. so my question for you is how did the fucking patriots lose to this crap bag team and how does the team go from being in the playoffs uh one year to a complete fucking shit show the next year i don't know i was really hoping you were gonna get this question <laughs> i have a, i have an answer for the second part i i mean they beat the patriots because they that was early in the season teams are still figuring themselves out you oh, know yeah. early in the season like no fluke about that they yeah. just beat them straight up right they beat were them. the better team that day yeah. and like since then they have just 
fallen off a cliff. I think they've lost eight in a row. And, you know, it was like one of those things where they came out. They were a good team at the end of last year. So it wasn't that surprising when they beat the Patriots. It wasn't like we lost to the Yeah, the Patriots barely beat them in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, like it was a tight game. So it wasn't that surprising. It's more surprising where they're ending up now. And I think it's like, you know, one of the reasons that we know they lost that AFC Championship game is because Doug Marone's a fucking moron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I think Tom Brady's the fucking greatest. Right. But I think it goes back to our point about, like, hey, when shit starts going bad, who do you look at? It's hard not to turn all eyes on the Jaguar sidelines and be like, hey, buddy. What's going on over there, Doug? Nice, nice, nice reflective shades. Yeah. (laughs) Not looking so great. The answer to the second question of how does a team go from being in the playoffs one year to complete disaster the next year is like, that's the NFL. Yeah, we There's don't a lot more parody. We're, we're so disconnected from it as Patriots fans because yeah. we're the, we root for the Patriots and they're just good year in year out. But that's so abnormal. Yeah, but I feel like the teams like that the we play Eagles are bad year, year after year. <laughs> the Eagles suck this year. Yeah, they sure and do. Like, yeah, but they at, were a fluke last year too. They were pretty damn good all year. Yeah, but they weren't like cre- like they weren't. They didn't go into that season as like a cream of the crop team. They played good. They played hard all year, and they ended up winning enough games to get to the Super Bowl and then they kicked our fucking asses. I'm not over it yet. But I'm just saying that like <laughs> that the, the the good the up and downs of the NFL that's that's yeah. normal as fuck. Look just not here. Yeah. Mm. Just not here. Anyways, last question. Big news, Craig. It's a Clarky special. Big news. Burnsy special. This is for Steven at the Twin. Uh sports, sports betting. betting. It's official. It's real. You can do it in Rhode Island. It's that live. Sucks. I'm sorry. Can I clarify this? The, on here, it says that it's live in Rhode Island. Correct. It's live. As in you not can. Not just legal. It's live. They actually yeah, have. Yeah, you can go do it. It's at the Twin. Rounds. There's a sports book at the Twin. The Twins in Rhode Island? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Jesus Christ. Now I'm like a kidnapper. I've taken you over state lines before. Uh, interesting. Okay. So the question for you, Melissa, is favorite. what's your favorite sport to bet? And would you rather bet games or like weird prop bets? I'd rather bet weird prop bets because I think it's funny. I'd rather bet like who's going to score the first touchdown in the game. What team's going to commit the first like turnover? Betting that though, or do you just like think, looking at prop bets? Like, do you actually like bet your money uh, that you work for? In, so in Vegas, I have bet that before. You don't bet a lot. I'm not putting like two hundred dollars on someone, but you can bet like a ten dollars on a couple sure, different prop sure, bets, sure. and it's like it makes it more interesting when it happens because it's in game live action, so you don't have to wait mm. until. Oof. You get to the end of the game to find out what's gonna happen. Do you know how many times when I watch NFL games, I like nudge the person next to me when someone's kicking an extra point or a field goal and I go, "Watch, he's gonna miss this kick." <laughs> if, you, if you say it enough times, you're gonna be right. Eventually, eventually you're right. But yeah, no one remembers you're when wrong. you're wrong. I would let. Oh, imagine if I could just sit at a fucking sports book and just be like, "Hey, I bet he misses it." Oh god. What do you think the odds are on that? Like on any given kick, like got to be like ten to one or something, twenty to one, maybe. More. I guess it depends on what the kick is. Yeah, but I'm just saying I do that every time, no matter what. (laughs) Extra (laughs) points, doesn't matter. Uh, Well, this was fun. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Glad to be back in the saddle. Uh, Coming up this week, yeah, Celtics are in action still. We'll see if they can figure it out. Hopefully we're not ranting and raving about them again this time next week. Yeah. Uh, Bruins got some games. Patriots are going to play the Vikings. Pats, Vikes. Craig will be there. Uh, We'll see what happens. Follow us on Twitter if you want. Tattletown Pod. Uh... What else can you do? You can call us. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. At 904-87-TT-POD. Yes. I nailed it. Crushed that. Finally. Stepped into it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, call us. Leave us a voicemail. We don't answer. It's low stress. Yeah. Just leave us a voicemail about anything you want. We're back. We will will listen to your voicemails. I bet we'll get at least one Celtics call between now and next episode. (laughs) Just a prediction. Almost hear it coming now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye.